Good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and around here we wish all of our listeners and certainly uh, Matt making the magic happen on the other side of the glass a happy Friday Eve. It is Thursday, but around here it is Friday Eve. Matt, good morning to you. Always good to be in the saddle making it happen uh, here on the show together. Morning, Zach. Looking forward to that Friday. It is Eat More Fruits and Vegetables Day, and it's coincidentally also National Blueberry Cheesecake Day, so maybe you can satisfy uh, your fruits and vegetables that way. In, in, uh, Matt, that's good advice. I'm here to help. <laughs> I will. I will take you up on that. The only problem is I've had cheesecake twice this week, which is a rare week because, you know, I've been on this whole diet and fitness thing, but uh, I've had two pieces of cheesecake this week. So I'm hitting the gym later today uh, and then probably going to go have some uh, some fruits and veggies afterwards because now I feel, feel guilted. But Matt, to be fair, earlier this week, right, was eat anything you want day, I think, right? Correct. I think, sure. yeah, last week or anyway, it was one day recently. Yes. These are not scripted moments, by the way. I never know what Matt is going to say, but it's becoming be a tradition uh, on the show to, uh, to um, you know, to to, t- to talk about what the day is. But no, it is Friday Eve at the very bare minimum. Well, uh, Matt, you're not going to like. Well, maybe you will. Maybe our listeners will like this better. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. As we get going, uh, not fruits and vegetables, but a great place to eat downtown Tucson. Certain of the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. Um, they're a few doors down from the Rialto Theater. Uh, mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. So if you're not feeling the fruits and veggies today, a uh, little love burger has you. But no, good show today ahead. I want to jump right in because time is ticking and the topic is, uh, is it, it, there's a lot of topics to talk about today. Devin Underwood will be with us at the bottom of the hour to talk about Tucson's labor market and workforce. Uh, and how your company and organization can find and keep the best people to do what you need to do. But a long overdue conversation to kick us off. Let's jump right on in. Jensen Azarius is with us, the CEO of Higher Ground here in Tucson. Uh, We're going to talk mostly uh, about his Restart Smart Work, getting Tucson's uh, students caught back up from the last couple of years of COVID and a lot of work to do there. Jansen's the guy to do it. Jansen, it's great to see you live here in studio. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate being here. Indeed, this is a long overdue conversation and I'm happy to be a part of this. Yeah, I think the last time that you were on the show was with David Bradley, um, who uh, was a community champion in many ways, certainly a champion of your work, and he just recently passed. And so now, I guess, is a good moment to, to appreciate his work and all that good stuff. Definitely continue on his legacy about community schools. Absolutely. Uh, so we were talking before the show. I wanted to just touch briefly on this, and we'll move on to Restart Smart. Um, you know, uh, I have a uh, I have a little person in in, uh, in TUSD, and, and I shared with you pretty frankly is when I get to have school board members or whatever, I often ask, look, the attainment gap is widening. We're not producing the workforce of the future. We have to turn that boat around. Um, but there's good things happening in TUSD, as is the case in most places. There's good, there's bad, there's opportunities. Um, you get to work with a number of TUSD schools. 
Uh, any good news to share before we get into the, the hard work here? Yeah, absolutely. So just recently, um, Utterback Middle School um, hosted a block party for the neighborhood. Um, you know, they had about 40 different nonprofit partners, had, um, had a car show, had speakers, dancers, performances, and it was actually the first uh, community event since COVID in, in, mm. in the Utterback neighborhood. It was well attended. Hundreds of people came um, and then, you know, there there's so many resources that came out. Um, the principal there, um, Miss Sanders, is really leading a school that has pretty much brought in a lot of what it's lost during the magnet status. A lot of the mm -hmm. fine arts programs are back because of her leadership. So that's, uh, again, um, when we've held PUSD schools um, that we're a part of have held multiple of these resource fairs, vaccine clinics that have had over 150, 200 people in the community getting vaccinated, um, just different Again, different things that are happening um, between even like TPD and the community and the school and all these different mm -hmm. things. So, but definitely the Utterback block party was a big highlight that happened last mm -hmm. week. It's very cool. Uh, we should probably also cover before we get into it. What is higher ground? Like I said, we've had you on before, but it's been a while. What is higher ground? Something that was really a brainchild of you and your your family in so many ways and so what is it yeah so higher ground is a nonprofit organization that works in the education system um, that do a multi-generation approach we work with the students the families the teachers and the community our mission is to empower one life at a time to reach, transform, and elevate um, their community through love and building character. Um, we have multiple programs, but the main thing that we do is we partner with the school to address the non-academic issues um, that often happen in high poverty and high trauma communities. Very cool. Jensen, before we go to our first break of the hour, and uh, and by the way, Matt reminded me uh, while you were talking that we actually uh, mentioned the Utter Back event. Matt did uh, here during one of our news segments in the morning a couple weeks back. So awesome! So uh, we got you. <laughs> we, we, we we got you without planning to. We got you. Um, but uh, Jansen, give us some of the the numbers, the data. Set the stage for us, and we'll get into it in the next segment. Uh, COVID impacted our young people in our schools in ways that I think we're going to find out for the next five or 10 years. Uh, a lot of the administrators I've talked to have said, hindsight 2020, I'd do it differently. I would not defend what happened. We did what we thought we had to do, but it was, it was not healthy mm -hmm. long-term. Give me some numbers, give me some data. What is yeah. the recovery gap? in education for our young people from COVID? So there's many conflicting data, but here's what we do know. Um, Hurricane Katrina um, created a disruption that's very similar, but it's only for a few months. And it took two years to recover from that. And that's well-proven data that's been studied over and over and again. And again, it took two years. There are predictions that actually show that it will take more than five years for uh, students to recover from from the learning gap, learning loss, whatever you want to call it, the learning pause. There are some preliminary data which is actually um, reinforcing a lot of this. So a lot of the, you know, whether you believe in testing or not, it is the data that we have. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, it's been predicted it's dropped, right? 
math, reading, um, all those scores across the board. But what's really, um, what I want to highlight here is the widening gap between the lower socioeconomic schools and, and, and the more affluent neighborhoods, you know, the, the high poverty communities. There is anywhere between a 15 to 20 percent point gap between these students' achievement scores. And again, when you think about that, there was already a gap pre-COVID, but it wasn't that large. And now it's widening and widening. And the last thing I want to point out is there's a study that came out about the economic impact of this learning pause, learning loss, whatever, again, you want to call it. And they're predicting globally that this is going to impact $17 trillion of future earnings for all the students that are in school, which is about 15% of the world's GDP. And so when you think about that, that's basically learning loss equals income loss is the way they're putting it. And they're predicting it to be at around $17 trillion. That's crazy. Jensen Azarias is with us, the CEO of Higher Ground, a resource center here in our community. This all leads us to what we're going to focus on when we come back from break, and that is what you've called Restart Smart, an initiative uh, that you are championing in uh, our school districts locally to help try to bridge this gap quicker, faster, and better as we as we as we emerge from a very difficult last couple of years. On that note. Let's go to our break, visit some of our great sponsors who make the who make the magic happen here on the show every day, every week. When we come back, Jensen Azarias is here for one more segment. That's where we're going uh, in just a minute. We'll be right back. The next generation of talk. Tipping Point with Zach Genser. 1030, The Voice. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Kalhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Kalhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work 
as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Kate Delaney. Tune in later tonight as we talk about everything that happened throughout your day. Tonight at 10 on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. We're live out of the Common Workspace studios this morning. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored by our friends over at Decibel Coffee Works, the coffee the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. They're located right off the I-10 between Cushing and Congress at the Mercado San Augustine Annex. 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenster for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Jensen Azarius is with us, the CEO of Higher Ground here in the Tucson community. We're talking about the Restart Smart Work uh, that he's doing in Tucson and, and doing in collaboration with, uh, with many great partners. Uh, but it, it looks to assess and close uh, the gaps uh, in COVID recovery and education and long-term impact that that has had on uh, our economy and on communities, and especially the young people for whom, and Jansen and I were talking about this uh, off the air, uh, it, when, when school shut down, it was not the families who had the luxury of remote work uh, or who were able to stay at home who were uh, as impacted. Uh, many uh, of us know that schools for many families are a necessity to be able to work uh, and to uh, bring home an income. And when that all went away, it compounded so many of the problems. So Jansen, how do we catch up? Uh, We know what happened with Hurricane Katrina. You mentioned that and the two-year learning loss there. How do we catch up? Yep. So part of it is uh, stabilization and really understanding that the school is the hub at which all of these issues 
come up. So when you think about it, well, issues of homelessness, issues of poverty, issues around you know food shortage and all of that, they all show up in the classroom, and they are mental health issues. They all show up in a classroom and a school, and being able to use that as an opportunity, you know, to actually be able to provide the resources and the support systems and coordinate between the different, you know, Tucson is resource rich. We have a lot of nonprofit partners. We have a lot of people that want to do good. And you can actually centralize a lot of what's happening right at the school, right at the hub, because that's where it's showing up. So that's really part of the key strategy here is um, running a needs assessment, listening to the community, understanding what they went through, um, and, and going beyond the symptoms, right? So, yes, kids are underperforming and all of those things, but there's such a thing as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you got to address the bottom parts. you got to address the physiological needs, the safety needs, and then the wellness needs, and then they can learn. So if you can address those other things pretty immediately – um, you know, through through different mechanisms which we can dive into, then they can start stabilizing and have the necessary mental space um, to learn. You, it's hard to learn when you're hungry, when you're worried, when there's all these other dynamics happening and you're showing up to school to actually eat or to have a house or to take a shower. There are a lot of students um, right in our neighborhood that, that that's their experience right now. And first, we got to stabilize that and then go from there. So what does that stabilization work look like, and, and how does higher ground fit into that? Yes, so the stabilization work, again, it's ran on a needs assessment and a lot of community focus groups being able to really understand the non-academic factors that impact the learning. Um, usually you begin with targeting a certain group of students. These are your chronically absent kids. Kids can't learn if they're not showing up. And also kids that have high behaviors. Kids... Um, can't learn when the learning is constantly being disrupted because there's behaviors being exhibited. From there, you kind of figure out, well, what's really going on? Um, is it an issue of transportation, an issue of food, a uh, mental health crisis? Is it an issue within the family? You know, um, is it because you currently live in a car or currently live in a storage unit? You know, these are all the kind of stories that you learn. So then you stabilize that. You We, we begin a strategy um, where we, we look at the assets, we look at the gaps, and then we bring in partners. So we have partners, um, different nonprofit partners based on the location that will help build food pantries, that will help with the home, with the home issues, help stabilize those, and then making sure that we're doing that work simultaneously with the teachers and the student uh, and, and, the, and the administrators so that they understand what's happening here. Um, that way, the teachers and the principal can focus on education and academics, and they don't have to do the other work. They don't have to be behaviorists. They don't have to be social workers. We're doing all of that pieces and then acting as the switchboard to other partners so that they can come in and already know immediately what they need to be doing instead of trying to figure it out. Um, And there's already an established bridge and trust. Got it. Uh, Jensen, I I hope that this is the first of many conversations on this, Um, but time is flying and I I don't want to cut you off. But what's the whole suite of kind of this platform of Restart Smart. What besides stabilization are you working on? Yeah, so um, once stabilization happens and then we build systems. So this is about sustainability. So then we really look at what 
programs and what nonprofit partners have capacity. How do we help increase capacity? We also look at cultural competency. How do we bring in these programs? You know, very different communities. We're in five different schools in two school districts, Mm -hmm. very different population. How do we make sure that they're earning the trust of the community through some cultural competence? And then from there, we do a lot of uh, local, uh, local control. So we form a steering committee consisting of parents, neighborhood students, teachers, um, that then begin to understand, um, okay, what are the partners here and how do we how do we nourish this? How do we keep this going? Um, and then from there, um, you know, we do a lot of student coaching, making sure that students understand the relationship between their actions and their goals, mm-hmm. how to help them with that. And then we do a lot of teacher support because that's the other huge part that people are not recognizing sometimes in the midst of COVID. Yes, School has opened, but the where, the burnout on our teachers and administrators, you know, you have master teachers that are all of a sudden dealing with behaviors they've never seen before because we have third graders that have the social skills of a kindergartner. Mm. You know, they, they haven't been in school for right. two years. Right. Um, and, and when you have 20 to 25 of those, plus the other dynamics we talked about, Teachers begin to feel like, I'm not doing my job. I'm not mm. doing this right. You have to support that. You have to help them understand. No, 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 no. That's, that's not the case. So what I'm hearing, I'll make sure I get it right, is that the Restart Smart Work is saying, look, the fact that Tucson's 10th graders have proficiencies in math and English in the single digits and low teens by the 10th grade, and it's only slightly better at the third grade. What you're saying is that that is a symptom of Maslow needs yes. that are deeper, and your work is to say how do we coordinate and curate and bring together key resources, social, food, uh, socioeconomic, mental to reach mental health, to rebuild the capacity again to succeed in the classroom once they get there. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And and again, the idea is to free up teachers and principals to focus on the academic recovery. Got it. Because you cannot take care of the academic recovery if, like you're saying, the capacity of the students and families are just not there because Got of it. all these other needs. Got it. I mean, our next conversation, because we don't have time to get into it, but even just our conversations outside of you know the studio deal with some pretty shocking disparities uh, in between you know our 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 diverse communities in Tucson, those who are more affluent or socioeconomically benefited, and those who um, who are not. The gap is getting is getting wider, and the public discussion is who has the best solution to solve that and often whose fault is it right yes. i'm not interested in that conversation at the moment i'm interested in understanding what's the what's the gap and then how do we how do we solve it jensen we've got about a minute anything else uh to, to that that's left that we didn't talk about no i think i think the main message is that as a community we need to band together i love what you said this isn't about whose fault it is or who has the best solution. It's actually really about banding together with the community and understanding that the solutions exist and they're going to be a little bit unique for each other and we have to come together to really collaborate on different solutions and and we're going to hit and miss some of those parts but we got to work together. I I really do. I would love to have you on uh, back, Jensen, because I see this a lot. No no matter what you feel about TUSD as you're listening, it's the second largest district in the state. 
uh, its success or not defines the success or not of the region. I want to dig in with you more on some of this stuff later. We'll, we'll schedule that offline. Sounds good. Jansen Azaria, CEO of Higher Ground. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. After bottom of the hour news break, which is right now, we'll have Devin Underwood on. We'll talk about the labor market, the unemployment rate, workforce, and how you can get great people to come and stay at your organization. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point. Don't go anywhere. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Kalhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Kalhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Life isn't about money, but how you handle money impacts everything. The Ramsey Show, today at 1 on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KBY, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, we're back after bottom of the hour news and sponsor messages fresh off our conversation with Jansen Azarius, the CEO of Higher Ground, a resource center here in the Tucson community, in the weeds on the learning gap, the learning loss, the challenges uh, from uh, from COVID shutdowns of schools, uh, very active in TUSD, and, and how do we catch people up uh, because the learning loss equates to an earning loss because learning loss eventually winds its way to Devin Underwood at the talent store who's looking for talent in this community and we're in a position where um, uh, we're needing to catch students up so that they're ready to be a part of the workforce in a few short years. Devin Underwood, you like how I did that? Good morning to you. 
that was a very smooth segue, Zach. Well done. <laughs> it all relates. It all interconnects. Uh, <laughs> it, it all intersects, Devin. Uh, Devin Underwood yeah. is the founder and principal of the Talent Store, our guide for really the last couple of years in navigating uh, a labor market, uh, workforce challenges, really figuring out how our companies and organizations here in this community uh, can thrive in bringing and keeping uh, great talent. Uh, Devin, I know we have a lot to cover today in terms of your expertise. Uh, you also get a front row seat uh, at what is happening in our labor market. And I wanted to ask you, because there's some data that's coming out from April that is showing some some good signs in the job market and, and unemployment rate, but we're also seeing a very high uh, labor force, um, a very, very low, I guess, labor force participation rate. I think it's 60% uh, here in, in the country right now. We're seeing real employment, real unemployment at about 7%. So there's good news. There's also some challenging news. A lot of people, Devin, are still either sitting out or are just taking part-time positions. Before we get into it, can you, can you speak to some of those trends and, and what you're seeing from your, from your front row seat? I mean, it's, you know, everything that I'm touching daily and conversations I'm having really, they're so anecdotal and it's hard to find a silver bullet around why, you know, this is all happening. Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with life decisions that are being made, um, you know, when we were all in a pandemic, when there was a lot going on and now you know, continuing nervousness about schools, and it just kind of keeps compounding. Um, on top of that, you know, I, you know, I'm doing research on compensation. Every search I do for a client, we start with data around compensation, and we say, you know, what is the market paying? And usually, you know, we look up through LinkedIn and, and Glassdoor and different sources, um, Zoom info, those sorts of things, and we get a good idea of the the range, the salary range for our area. At this point, it's almost hard to even search geographically to target the salary range you should pay because of remote work. Um, and we're adding about 15% to any current data we have because it's just wow. sort of a crapshoot of who is competing right now for talent. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to name any of them. It's not just compensation. It's not just life uh, things going on. Uh, It's not just workplace experiences. It is all of the above. Yeah, it's so interesting, Devin, to, you know, and I'm starting to have some close family and friends who, you know, are saying, look, I've got a lot to manage on the family front. Um, but I can either work part-time or I can work from home. And if there's flexibility there, as long as you as the employer are okay with the work getting done, um, then this is the best situation for me. I saved this the other day. Um, a, a group I'm a part of on Facebook published a We Are Hiring position for an operations director, Devin, leading the operations of a national chapter, a U.S. chapter of an organization, membership, donor management, event planning, and administration. Uh, Part-time, $30 per hour, four weeks PTO, 
remote position work anywhere, $125 home office stipend to play now. And that's just not yeah. going to go away. Right. That's yeah. that's the present and future. Flexibility is king. Yeah. If you're able to, and I think that's where the places who don't have scheduling or um, physical locating flexibility uh, are really trying to figure out what's the other piece of the puzzle we need to solve that. And so, you know, it's all of that, Zach, and, and we're having really creative conversations everywhere. And, and inside of that, you can, you can be, there's ways to build new things inside your employment culture. And there's all of this great stuff you can do, but there's still going to be people that don't fit. And there's still going to be um, employee issues and all of those things that come up. But it's really how have you given yourself the best shot, given yourself a competitive edge, and then put focus and energy into those that are what you want to repeat and continue to bring into your team versus the toxicity or the non-fit or all of those things. And so getting really clear about who you are, how you're going to operate together, how you're going to support each other, and how you're going to move forward is important in then making this decision, which employees are you putting your energy into. Devin, real life, and I, I gave you a lot of credit at this event that I was at. I was asked to come and speak at a conference hosted by Caterpillar here in town um, from a kind of young professional perspective. And there was a lot of management in the room, uh, Devin, because there's a lot of interest around this whole remote, flexible work um, and how mm-hmm. does it work. And so giving credit to you in the, in the talent store, I actually talked about the five cultural trends in 2022 that you shared on the show uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, in terms of you know there was this question of is flexible remote work important? The answer is yes. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. the flexibility component, um, but but also Devin, there was this question of well how do I how do I keep track of how my employees are doing uh, if they're not if they're not here? And it was you got to create more touch points. You're going to have to work a little harder to set up those, you know, stay interviews, as you call them, or those check-ins to say, hey, how's the work going? Um, Those things are going to be less organic in a flexible or remote environment. Those things have to be, I think, scheduled and executed. And so it was interesting to kind of hear in real time from management of, of, you know, one of our large companies in Tucson kind of trying to wrestle through this from a certainly young talent perspective. Um, It's just not going to go away, whether you're a big company or a small company. It's not, and we've been talking about it even before it became this painful. Um, but, you know, it felt Real talk. fuzzy at yeah. the time, right? And now it's like, oh, wait, culture is king. Um, gee, I guess this isn't just some philosophical conversation we have. We need to really figure out how to, how to do this well um, and bring people together. The other thing that COVID taught us, you know, even outside of remote work or with with forced remote work is it's really hard to retain people without relationships with their coworkers. Um, when people were just at home doing their job and there hadn't been built in all of these connection points, they lost what they loved about their job, which was really, they looked around and said, well, I just really liked who I worked with. I guess I don't really like what I do every day. Mm. Um, and so that relationship component is really sticky and important. Um, and so even if you're remote, how do you build that in so that they still really like who they work with and still feel connected to them? 
for sure. Uh, let's do this because I want. I, I think it's great to leave a little bit of a longer segment on the other side because today I think your advice for us, Devin, revolves around uh, capturing and externalizing knowledge and best. Uh, best practices, the great reshuffle, as you called it, really requires uh, good succession planning uh, and making sure that uh, when you are transitioning new talent in or existing talent out, that there isn't a knowledge loss because they're taking it all with them, right? So that's where we're going to go after our final break of the hour. We're with Devin Underwood, founder and principal of the Talent Store. Uh, our guide in navigating Tucson's labor and workforce uh, market and making sure that your companies uh, and organizations are keeping and uh, attracting the best talent to move your organization forward. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. Don't go anywhere. show check out the podcast at kvoi.com in 1994 the university of arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern pima county and transforming it into a university research park with over 25 years of success tech parks arizona continues to advance innovation whether it's the 70 plus startups at the university of arizona center for innovation or the new tech park at the bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground they are integral in shaping the future of southern arizona tech parks arizona moving innovation at the speed of business with preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Off. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down 
from the Rialto Theater. Little Love Burgers serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burgers open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. This is Bill Buckmaster. Join us for the Buckmaster Show at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, live now with Devin Underwood, principal and founder of the Talent Store. Uh, we're talking about attracting and retaining great talent in your companies and organizations. Uh, Devin, I wanted to talk with you today about in the midst of the great reshuffle, as I think you've called it, uh, another piece of making sure that as you're either bringing in new talent or uh, you are um, exiting current talent, one of the important pieces that I know you talk about a lot is being proactive about capturing and externalizing knowledge and best practices so that succession is easier. Can you share a little bit more about uh, how you help companies and organizations in town do that? Yeah, so through our talent advising services, we really take a holistic approach. Um, I know we're a talent acquisition, acquisition company, but you look at we look at everything from employer brand all the way through to the career paths internally with companies for our clients. And, and retention, because that's a big piece of the, the talent success puzzle or the talent strategy puzzle. So when you're looking at succession planning, which has been my theme for this quarter, I think, uh, you, you want to really think about also how are you building a culture of knowledge sharing and knowledge capture? And, and that can mean more than just so. One of the examples is if you're a really small company, you're hiring someone, you don't have any onboarding processes yet, maybe that person's job is to write down what their job is as they're learning it and start externalizing it from day one. Um, but in even large companies, like Northrop, um, Northrop Grumman was uh, just quoted in the Sherm magazine about succession planning a couple months ago. and. You know, even when people go on an extended, maybe more than a week-long vacation, there's a month ahead of time where they're naming who's going to be in that position for them, and they have somebody job shadowing. They have built-in job shadowing all over the company. Um, Cross-training, job rotations are really important. We just kicked off, or we're kicking off a new search for a CFO for an awesome local company. And the first six months of the job is going to be rotating through operations first before they even step into the CFO role. Because understanding that full ecosystem is going to be so important to the success. 
but also being able to share all that knowledge and you're keeping your operational managers on their toes so they can share their knowledge with the CFO that's coming in. And so there's all of these great benefits with doing that. But, you know, more importantly, the benefit is is the company is not caught off guard if somebody leaves. Um, I think there's a lot of situations we can talk about where companies are feeling, uh, you know, are in a lot of pain because key people have decided to exit and they did not have a succession plan um, or knowledge sharing, right? And then also just so you can create career paths and growth in your organization. People should be allowed to retire. They should be able to evolve into new roles. If you're doing a great job as an organization, you're making someone so good, they may be hired somewhere else. Hmm. And that's okay. And so what is your plan around that movement, around continuing to promote and allow your employees to evolve? Uh, And so that's what we're talking about. And the core of that is really um, capturing knowledge and sharing knowledge. Yeah, Devin, I'm thinking of, you know, some of the folks that I've gotten to meet who I know listen to this show on a regular basis. And some of them are in and leading companies the size of Northrop Grumman uh, on the large side. And and some are, you know, running uh, smaller manufacturing companies or restaurants. I would imagine that this is uh, one of the more universal best practices you know, whether it's a manager of a restaurant location or the CEO of Northrop Grumman or HR director, I would imagine this is this is a pretty universal best practice that can be applied across the board. Absolutely, and and it and it benefits everybody, including the employees. Um, I've got another company we're working on a high level kind of CTO role for them or innovator role, and they've got global offices. And so their, their innovation in R&D is happening in another country, and they need to disperse that to the America's office as well. And so one of the biggest pieces we're vetting for in leadership style is how do you build relationships, how do you communicate, how do you act transparently so that the team in this other country is comfortable sharing their knowledge so that you can then capture that knowledge and grow it in two different countries at once. Um, because that's a big part of this job, and that's what they're going to need mm. to figure out. Because right now, the team in that other country is pretty nervous about the growth here. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not because they're going to be replacing that team. They need them, but they also need them to share that knowledge. And so there's a lot of discussions around that, and it's a key leadership piece. Um, another cool thing I've learned is, And I've always been like, okay, yeah, write down what your job is or make sure you're noting everything and make sure we have everything you need. But if someone's been doing their job for a while, that's like telling them to tell me every time you breathe. They're not going to catch all of it because it just Mm. happens automatically. And so part of that is having someone shadow them and really write it down (laughs) or having that person who doesn't have that knowledge come in and help with that project of externalizing the knowledge. Oh, that's interesting. That is mm-hmm. really interesting. Devin, any um, any specific insights for, uh, and I'm thinking of this because we had Kanisha Raymond on the show yesterday, who's heading up the uh, RAIN initiative, an investor network in the Tucson region, helping startups and founders grow their organization. Any specific insights for any of our founders listening, who I think are this interesting group where they are the CEO but they're also, because they're a founder, 
most of everything is in their head. <laughs> it's like it's like a right. special breed uh, of CEO. And any 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 insights for entrepreneurs and founders listening who you know are growing at a two, three, four person team level right now? Yeah, so I work with UACI um, and their incubating companies, which we have 70 now, and I'm the subject matter expert. So I'm talking to founders, very early stage founders, about this all the time. But it is externalizing as you go. So at, it, when you're when you're starting, maybe there's a couple co-founders, and everything sort of sits with you, and you don't even know where your lanes are. So we're working on <laughs> what is your job in the organization at this early stage. And what do you own and what does the other person own in this puzzle? And then as we add positions in, usually the first positions are something around product or prototype development. And then next level uh, is about business development. And then you go from there and build out a company. But, um, you know, what then as it comes off your plate, what is the position that is taking that over? And what do they need to build around them around knowledge sharing and capturing? And we talk, I talk about it all the time because if it sits in someone's head, it can't be grown. Um, it's an idea, it's a concept, it's a position for one person, it's not a company. Um, and so we've got to, we've got to get that externalized. And, and there's lots of ways to do it. It starts with the job description and then rolling out to the duties and then rolling out to the support resources and going from there. Um, and you, you can use, there's a lot of technology you can use for this knowledge sharing, um, but it, it all has to do with being able to plug and play. Even in, you know, physical environments or retail environments I'm in, people are struggling so much with, I can't afford to have, a, let's say, a, a sales associate or a receptionist in every location. So they're rotating between. But each location is slightly different. And the amount of communication needed with that rotation is huge, and it's taking over and eating all our bandwidth. Well, what have you externalized to empower the person so they don't have to call you or text you every time something new comes mm -hmm. up? How do we get checklists built? Um, how do we get resources made? What do we need to do so that there's people empowered to just do stuff and they're only contacting you for those odd things? Um, that's a pretty right. simple example at a small scale, but but that's still hmm. still knowledge sharing. This is this is really uh, really important stuff, uh, Devin, and I think so critical right now as companies of all sizes and types um, are struggling with succession planning, the great reshuffle, or the great resignation, as some call it, uh, keeping and retaining and attracting new talent. Uh, you mentioned that you are a subject matter expert for UACI, uh, also a friend and you know partner of this show in many ways too. Um, all part of the, all part of the family. But you actually provide advising services on this, Devin, where someone can reach out to you outside of the show and say, "Hey, you mentioned this. I want to talk with you more about that for my business." How do people access your advising services? Yeah, so you can go on yourtalentstore.com. There are some some simple kind of pre-structured advising concepts on my website. Um, anything from building your own uh, talent acquisition infrastructure all the way through to career pathing internally. Um, how do you get uh, career milestones, uh, people moving up, moving forward, evolving with you, retention strategies. In every piece of it, though, we're going to talk about some sort of knowledge capture. 
because that's a piece of the puzzle. So we'd be excited to help those companies that need it right now. I know a lot of people are looking for it. We've just added an HR advisor to our team to respond cool. to this demand. What's your website, Devin? Oh, sorry. It's yourtalentstore.com. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Your talent. Your talent. I actually wasn't sure if you said it yet, so I thought I'll just give you one more shot. Yourtalentstore.com. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> Devin Underwood, our guide, really a couple years running now on this stuff. Appreciate you, Devin. Looking forward to our next conversation. Stay safe and cool out there. All right. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. When we come back tomorrow, Dante Loretta will be with us, commencement speaker at the University of Arizona, heading up Osiris Rex. A great conversation. I can't wait to have it. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buck Master at noon.